Wax 104.5. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, Jill Welke right here back at it. Look for your Wax Farm Show. We've got a lot of things to get through today. we got to remember, we got to bundle up. Man, it was cold coming in this morning. Lucky for me, there wasn't much of a wind blowing out there, but there still is a wind chill advisory just because the temperatures are all below zero around the area, and we need to remember to bundle up those kiddos when they're waiting at the bus stop and make sure your pets and your cows and everything has the water they need and bring bring those cows, oh, not the cows, bring those pets inside if they need to so they can be warm and we don't want frostbite on those toes no matter if it's the, from the pets or the kiddos. And uh, it's going to maybe be a challenge to keep those waters open for the cattle today. I'm hoping and <laughs> hoping and hoping that mine are open. They were good last night, all nice and open. Keep those cattle watered and take good care of everything uh, that has to be outside. So a few of the sh- stories that we're going to go over today for farm news is China fell short of its import commitments from the U.S. And there's possible progress for cattle producers' markets. And they're already working on the farm bill for 2023. They're gonna ha- there's going to be an event today that helps people understand how the farm bill has started and, and um, how the policy changes get going. And despite policy changes, family-run dairies continue to grow and succeed. So we'll be going over some of those stories. Plus, we'll doing the new the markets, and we'll do the regular news, and just keep everything going here. Wax one hundred four point five and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. We're a minute after five. We're gonna look at the temperatures around the area a little bit. Eau Claire's at negative eight. Medford negative eleven. Rice Lake is 10 below. Wausau is 6 below. Green Bay has no temperatures. They're sitting at 0. Marshfield's at negative 9. La Crosse is at 5 below. Madison's at a balmy 1. And Milwaukee is the hot spot of the state at 6. And you know you're in Wisconsin when in January you say the hot spot is 6. But there is a wind chill advisory just because of the... It is so cold and a little bit breezy. Let's, it's a minute after five. Oh, it's two minutes after five. Let's hear from National News. The White House says President Biden is considering all options on how to deal with the growing Russian threat toward Ukraine. We have been uh, consulting with allies and deployments and refining plans for all scenarios. So said Press Secretary Jen Psaki. One option is the deployment of more U.S. troops to Eastern Europe and the Baltic region. She noted the U.S. has had a military presence in what she'd call the eastern flank for decades. The president has promised harsh and swift economic sanctions if Russia invades. And millions of people are being told to prepare for possible Russian cyber attacks. Homeland Security is warning that could happen across the nation, putting everything from hospitals to dams at risk. It would be retaliation if President Biden responds to the country invading Ukraine, which some say might happen any day now. Last year already saw two of the most damaging cyber attacks ever due to hackers based in Russia. President Biden is apologizing to a Fox News reporter for calling him a stupid SOB. He called Peter Ducey that after lashing out during a meeting focused on the economy. 
He said his comment was nothing personal and encouraged the correspondent to keep asking questions about different topics. Ducey had pushed him on inflation and then laughed off the remark later, saying nobody has fact-checked him yet. A new study puts Florida in the number one spot for the state with the most shark bites. Brian Shook has more. The Florida Museum of Natural History says the state had 28 cases last year. That's 60% of the U.S. total and 38% of unprovoked bites worldwide. Florida's most recent five-year average was 25 incidents. I'm Brian Shook. And the National Labor Relations Board is preparing to file a complaint against Amazon. It claims the retail giant illegally fired a union organizer and is ready to take action unless the case gets settled. The worker says he was let go three months ago in retaliation for trying to unionize warehouses in New York and is now reportedly homeless. The VP of the Amazon Labor Union says it would be a major win if the NLRB got his job back. I'm Mark Mayfield. Thanks for that update. Let's take a look at our weather. Today, it says we're supposed to get up to zero. I heard it was supposed to be a struggle to get to that, but we can have some hope. With a low of negative 20, but it's supposed to be sunny. So it's going to tease us out there with that sun. Tomorrow, high of 15, low of 13 below, mostly cloudy. Thursday, I think we're going to be feeling a little bit more balmy. It's supposed to be high of 26 with a low of negative 10 with AM clouds and PM sun. Friday, high of 11, low of negative 5 with partly sunny skies. Saturday, we're going to be coming out of the... Deep freeze and getting up to 22 with a low of 10 and partly sunny. And temperatures later on in the weekend are supposed to be getting up into the 20s. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Marquardt Motors would like to thank their valued and loyal customers, their hardworking employees, and the surrounding community for making Marquardt Motors the largest General Motors dealership in the state of Wisconsin. Like I said, we've got a lot of stuff to cover. We'll get to the markets. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at some markets sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. Choice fed beef steers are 129 to 142 and a half with mixed at 115 to 128. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 143 with mixed at 104 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 108 to 120 and a quarter with selects at 79 to 107. Cows are 42 to 61 with a top of 62 to 70 and a half. Bulls are 54 to to 95. Butcher hogs are 35 to 54. Sows are 40 to 47. Boars are 15 to 19. New crop market lambs are 115 to 127. And feeder lambs are two fifty to three ninety. Let's take a look at our futures markets. Live cattle, February cattle are one thirty six, down one 
one dollar and six cents, sixty cents. April's one forty, down two. June is one thirty-five fifty-seven, down one and three quarters. When they're trending downward, our feeder cattle for January are one fifty-eight, down one dollar and eight cent, eighty cents. March one sixty-one, down two. April one sixty-six, down one and three quarters. May is one seventy, down one and a half, and that one is also trending downward. Our lean hogs for February, they're at eighty-six. They are up a quarter. For April, they are ninety-five, up two thirds. For May, they're at ninety-nine, up three quarters. June, they're at one hundred five ninety-five, up one, and that. Lean hogs are trending upward. Let's take a look at our Chicago Board of Trade for corn. March corn is at six twenty, down two cents. Oats six thirty seven, up five and a half cents. Soybeans are fourteen oh two, down six cents. Soybean meal is three hundred ninety one dollars a ton, down two dollars a ton. Wheat is at eight twenty six, up six and a half. For our cheese products, barrels are one seventy-seven and a half, down three and three quarters. Our forty-pound blocks are one seventy-nine and a half, down one and a quarter. Our grade double A butter is at two eighty-four and three quarters, down eight and three quarters. Class three milk for January is at twenty thirty, up one cent. But from there on out, it is trending downward. February is at twenty forty five, down nine cents. March down twenty cents at twenty one fifty five. April twenty one forty three, down ten cents. And May twenty one ten, down two cents. And as I said before, it is trending downward. Up next, we're going to take a look at some farm news. Keeping it rural, Wax one hundred four point five, and the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning. Let's look. take a look at some farm news. China falls short of its import commitments from the U.S. USDA Tec- Secretary Tom Vilsack said China fell $16 billion short of their Phase 1 commitments for minimum agricultural purposes. Biden administration says it will hold China accountable for not buying the amount of corn and soybeans that they committed to in 2021. China has 375 million bushels of corn waiting to be shipped from the U.S. But they've been buying corn from the Ukraine instead of collecting the corn from U.S. farmers. The question is, when will China take the corn that they are committed to buying? Currently, China has 132 million bushels of U.S. soybeans waiting to be shipped to them. That is only a two-week supply for their crushers. There are questions as to why China's actual agricultural purchase fell short in phase one that still need to be answered. Possible progress for cattle producers markets. Senator Deb Fisher from Nebraska, along with Senators Chuck Grassley from Iowa, John Tester from Montana and Ron Wyden from Oregon have proposed a cattle market reform bill. Democrats and Republicans are working together on this bill. The ability to negotiate cash prices for producers is its purpose, with the goal of the proposal to ensure a fair and transparent cattle market for cattle producers. The bill is the bill has 
14 additional co-sponsors from both sides of the political parties. The Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act could be a step in a positive direction for the cattle industry. Despite challenges, family-run dairies continue to grow and succeed. Dedication to caring for the environment and seeking new opportunities to serve customers in the U.S. and worldwide is one key to successful dairies. The need to expand global market access is another solution that will grow productivity and international demand. Continuing to explore trade agreements with different countries will benefit the U.S. dairy industry. Growing exports would have a positive impact on dairy farmers. And that's a little bit of our news. Up shortly, we're going to have a report from Stephanie from Madison with Sally Ladston. She is taking over the DPI position held by Jeff Picken. That will be a welcome addition, I'm sure, to the FFA program. Well, a lot going on at the state level with the Wisconsin FFA with a new transition into the FFA advisor role at the state level. Aaron Zimmerman here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Stephanie, you had the chance to talk to the incoming new state FFA advisor to hear what she's planning and why she's excited to get into the position. That's right, Aaron. We will be seeing a new leader in agriculture education. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Come January 31st. Sally Ladson will start her position as the Agriculture, Food, and Natural Resources Education Consultant at the State Department of Public Instruction. In that role, she'll also be State FFA Advisor. Her and I talk about what it means to her to walk in the shoes of the late Jeff Hicken, who she considered a mentor. But first, she's certainly qualified for the job. She tells me about her strong background in agriculture, education, and leadership. Yeah, so I actually grew up near my family's um, hog, beef, and crop farm. My dad worked for my grandpa farming the land, and um, I like to say that once you're born into agriculture, it's kind of hard to take it away from you. (laughs) So it's kind of like a bug that once you get it, you can't get rid of it because I have kind of fallen in love. So I um, helped out very minimally on the farm, Um, I got dropped off at the farm, but always just kind of played in the shop with my dad while he was working, rode in the tractors and combines with him, but never actually learned to drive a tractor or combine from him. Um, And when I started agricultural education in eighth grade, I decided to start an SAE project. And initially, my SAE project was researching berries because I thought that I would be interested in plants. And then... Um, quickly shifted gears because I got to sit at the fair for a few days with some of my friends and realized this fair thing is kind of fun. I should maybe look into this. (laughs) So decided to start raising pigs instead, which was a total shift in gears. Um, Like I said, my dad had been working with pigs for a long time, but had actually sold the pigs several years prior. And so decided that that was the venture to start and thought that it would be a cool experience to learn with my dad and kind of start this business. And then um, actually my eighth grade year, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and ended up passing away my freshman year. So it became more of a learning experience rather than learning by doing with him. I got to learn vicariously through him as he was giving me directions at first. And then once he had passed, it was very much trial by fire and... (laughs) If you talk to my sister and I, we'll give you lots of fun stories of 
learning opportunities that we had from raising pigs on our own and not knowing a whole lot about what we were doing at first. So great learning experience. But in the passing of my dad, we actually had several neighbor um, agriculturists help with harvesting crops that year and keeping things going while he was sick. And I think that just really showed me the power that the agriculture community has. And again, agriculture is one of those bugs. Once you've got it, you can't get rid of it. And once you experience that power in that community, it's really quick to see that that's a community you want to be a part of and stay a part of. And so I kind of attribute that to my desire to stay in agriculture and obviously continued throughout high school with agricultural education, FFA, went on to be a state FFA officer and decided to pursue a career as an agriculture education teacher. Now at Sauk Prairie, I've been fortunate to be able to teach both agriculture and biology, which has been a really unique experience, bringing the agriculture classroom into the biology room and vice versa, getting kids to realize um, just last week, you know, when you learn about photosynthesis and biology, it's the exact same process as when we talk about it in our agriculture class. And so making those connections for students and helping them realize how much of a real-world application these concepts have has been really fun for me. Yeah, the switch from the student to the teacher. Now you are that model for students to get involved in agriculture. And that's kind of the same story for this next role as state FFA advisor. You were a state FFA officer, and now you'll be advising the team. Was being a state officer a big part of you choosing your role with the Department of Public Instruction? Yeah, I would say that that definitely exposed me to the role more and gave me kind of an inside look at how to serve agricultural education in a different type of way. I'm really fortunate to work with my coworker, Troy Telford, right now in teaching students about agriculture and making a difference for the agriculture community. But in the new role, I'm excited to see that impact in a different way. So rather than directly working with students, finding ways to empower teachers to best meet student needs, and also just working with teachers to figure out how can I help, how can I be of service to them, and how can the Department of Public Instruction make sure that it's doing everything it can to empower career and technical education for years to come. And we've been honoring the late state FFA advisor, Jeff Hicken, who had been a part of your state FFA officer experience. How did he help you as an ag leader and educator? I actually was fortunate to know Jeff before stepping into the role of a state officer, um, He, at one point in time, was living in the Sauk Prairie community after leaving the classroom to move up to the Department of Public Instruction, and so knew him a little bit through the community and also as an alumni member, and so got to know him and his family. So then when I was elected to state office, it was kind of a nice reconnection to be able to see him in a new role. Obviously, I was no longer the 12-year-old kid, so that was kind of fun, too, but definitely felt like he was a mentor for myself and um, being a state officer, I will give Cheryl Zimmerman a lot of credit. She does a lot of the direct work with state FFA officers, but Jeff's role um, definitely was one of support and trying to help out wherever possible. And when I look at state office, I'll tell people a lot, your first year of state office, if you have the opportunity to be elected is really about serving the members. And then if you get the opportunity to be elected to president, shift changes a little bit because your focus is still on the members, but you're trying to find ways to prepare your teammates to best serve the members. So it's just kind of a mindset shift of rather than being the one directly impacting members 
at a given moment through things like chapter visits, you're helping your teach your teammates learn how to do that same process. And so Jeff was definitely a helper throughout that process in addition to Cheryl Zimmerman. Um, and my state president year, we had some unique circumstances occur and Jeff really stepped up as a supporter for me in my life and was in contact with me pretty frequently. And so definitely became someone that I felt like I could lean on and go to for some advice. And honestly, throughout this whole process, that's been one of the hardest things is I've told my husband numerous times, you know, I just want to call Jeff and ask him his opinion on this and see what he says. And so definitely grateful that we've had some time to acknowledge all of his work and honor him in some really special ways, but definitely still missing him as an agricultural education community. Thank you, Sally, for sharing that with us. Is this what made you decide to pursue this position with the Department of Public Instruction? I think as I talked about that shift from being a sectional officer to a state president, I think that kind of emulates the shift that I'm kind of envisioning this becoming. Um, I have loved teaching in the classroom and love bringing experiences to students, but feel like I can serve the agriculture community in a different way through this position. And so I think this is very similar. Just like when I was the state president, shifting focus from me impacting members to how can I better prepare my teammates to impact members, now it's kind of shifting that to the classroom level. And rather than me directly educating students, how can I help empower teachers and provide them with the tools they need to best educate their students. And so I see that kind of a parallel type of shift and just excited for an opportunity to hopefully help agricultural education move forward and continue to be the strong programming that it has been and will hopefully always be. Well, Sally, you're clearly passionate and excited. Do you have any new goals for this new role? Yeah, so I definitely want to get my feet wet before I set any hard and firm goals. But I think The first and foremost thing that is going to be on my mind as the position has sat pretty much vacant for quite some time with members at DPI trying to fill in the gaps as as best as they can, my focus is going to be making sure that the train stays on the tracks and we keep keep moving forward on some of the initiatives that have already been set forth and we provide that stable foundation for agriculture teachers across the state. Once that's been accomplished, then definitely looking forward to setting some new goals and finding ways to continue to advance agricultural education. But I think, again, with this kind of lapse in time, it's important to just make sure that we've got that strong foundation before we start trying to build anything new. Yeah, especially as the pandemic kind of derailed everything. But we're excited to touch base with you as you get going in this position. Sally, before we say goodbye, how are you wrapping up your time at Sauk Prairie High School? Right now, getting ready for moving into the springtime type activities, which sounds a little crazy, but we just announced at our last FFA meeting, you know, leadership development events are coming up quick. So if you want to be participating in a speaking contest, you got to get practicing. So it seems far off now, but time is definitely rolling by quickly. So preparing students for those types of opportunities is on the forefront and just looking ahead to how can we gear up for the second half of the year and make sure that our students are getting all of the opportunities that they want. It is crazy how time flies, especially in an FFA year. Sally, I appreciate your time today. We will keep in touch. Again, that was Sally Ladston, who will start her position as the Agriculture, Food, and Natural Resources Education Consultant on January 31st. That role is with the Department of Public Instruction. It also includes the position of State FFA Advisor. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
Thank you, Stephanie and Sally Ladston, that, for that update. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to listen to a little bit more farm news. 2023 Farm Bill is the focus of an event. Today, the Wisconsin Farmers Union is hosting a noon webinar. Farmers and other rural stakeholders are invited. The purpose of the webinar is to provide information on the process of developing and passing the Farm Bill and how farmers can contribute to the discussion. Many different areas are part of the Farm Bill. Included are farm income support, food assistance, trade, conservation, disaster assistance, and nutrition, to name just a few. Various leaders of the Farmers Union will provide updated information on current farm conditions. The goal of this webinar is to collaborate with other groups so many voices are heard throughout the bill construction process. And we'll take a look at some other upcoming events. Today in Eau Claire at Holiday Inn South, Compere Financial is sponsoring a local crop insurance meeting. And it starts, registration's at 10, and the meeting starts at 11. Also today, Chippewa County Dare Promoters will hold their annual meeting on today at 11 o'clock, at 11.30 a.m. The meeting will be held at Bears Bar in Tilden. In Chippewa Falls, pizza lunch will be provided. It will be a meeting including reports, promotional activities of the committee, and election of officers. Program is designed to aid grassroots dairy promotion efforts in Chippewa County. Anybody interested in participating in it is invited to attend. Tomorrow, private pesticide applicator training schedule will be happening for the Chippewa, set up by the Chippewa County Extension Office at the Security Financial Bank in Bloomer. Check with Chippewa County Ag educator Jerry Clark to get more information on that. All sessions start at 9.30 a.m. and will last until about 3 o'clock. Lunch is on your own. Those are just a few upcoming events. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, now it's time to check to see if Mike Dandria is there from TV13. Yes, ma'am. How we doing? We came in a little early on you, but <laughs> we came back to around to it again, so we got the job done. Hey, no worries. I'm here now. <laughs> you came in from outside. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cold out there. I, I said earlier, my, you know, as I was a kid, my dad used to say, do as I say, not as I do. And uh, today is kind of one of those because I'm standing outside talking about the weather. But, you know, I think today might be a good day to stay inside. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, today we can expect uh, temperatures to kind of just struggle to get above zero and wind chills as low as 25 below, even throughout the afternoon. Now, it's more likely that we won't get as much in the way of breezy uh, conditions. So maybe about the mid-teens is, uh, for the most part, for our wind chills throughout the afternoon, mid-teens below zero. But tonight is setting up for a very, very cold but calm night with clear conditions and low temperatures in the low 20s. Wind chills, again, 25, 30 below at times. We are still under that wind chill advisory until 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. 
Now, tomorrow morning will be a little bit breezy, but the temperatures will be uh, warmer. We can get up to about the mid-teens, but again, wind chills can be as low as 25 below. And then the winds start to shift out of the south. That's what's helping give us these warmer temperatures. And then by Wednesday night, some cloud cover moving in. And temperatures will actually rise into about the upper teens and even low 20s for an overnight temperature, setting up for just a couple flakes possible on Thursday morning. Nothing in the way that will impact us too much. Right now in Eau Claire, sitting at 10 degrees below zero. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. Well, the way I look at it, we're still getting one day closer to spring, right? One day closer. We just take it one day at a time. And, yeah, we do have that relief coming later on this week, so that'll feel pretty good. And somebody asked me here just the other day, when do our temperatures actually start showing an upward trend? It's It kind of depends on the year. But, of course, like the second half of January is uh, typical, uh, our coldest time of year. However, February, we start to see those average temperatures start to bump up. But, of course, last year, uh, February was much uh, was much colder than normal. Yeah. Figures. That's when I start calving is in February. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's good then. Um, it's a good time for that. And then, um, <laughs> I mean, breeding in the, in the summer, as long as it's not like 100 degrees out like last year, you know, breeding usually goes pretty well then and then sets up for calving right around this time of year. Yeah. Well, you know, you always take that chance. Yeah, that's true. And it's nine months ahead of time. It could be almost anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't predict it nine months out. <laughs> but we just keep plugging away. Yes, we do. All right. Thank you very much, Mike. All right. Have a good one, Jill. You too. Thanks. And up next, we're going to hear from Morgan on the local news. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start with headlines in our state. No new updates, except we know they were shot, and that's really the only new information we have about six people killed in a home on Milwaukee's north side over the weekend. Police yesterday didn't have any new answers about why the six were killed, when they were killed, or who pulled the trigger. The Emmy's office says four of the victims were in their 40s, one in their 30s, the last victim in his 20s. In other headlines near to us, the federal trial of three former Minneapolis police officers charged in connection with the death of George Floyd is underway. In opening statements Monday, the prosecution asked jurors to hold these men accountable for choosing to do nothing and something Floyd's brother, Felonius, is hoping to see happen. This is something that we're fighting for around the world trying to make sure that we can change a lot of things. The then senior officer Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder last year. In other headlines, we take it to the ballots where taxes usually go in one direction and that's what voters will see as a ballot question this year. The city council last night began the conversation about a referendum question on the November ballot. No one's saying exactly how much the city is looking to give. But Eau Claire Finance Director Jay Winsett says Wisconsin's rules that stop local governments from just raising taxes have stopped Eau Claire from finding more money to spend. Council member Kay Beaton says there's no more fat to cut in the city budget. When it comes to a peek into public health, Wisconsin's coronavirus hospitalizations continue to fall. On a state level, you can see that snapshot at 715newsroom.com. Locally, students at UW-Eau Claire continuing to mask up as the university yesterday extended its mask requirement until the middle of March. The 18th is the exact date so far. School leaders say the spike in Omicron cases drove that decision on campus. When it comes to the political stage and a connection to Wisconsin, Vice President President Kamala Harris was wheels down in Milwaukee and pushed for lead pipe replacement. That was during her visit yesterday to our state. Lead service lines, it is estimated, are in at least 170,000 homes, schools, and businesses. 
Those are places where children and people work and live. And it is a particular issue, which is why this is also an environmental justice issue in rural communities, in poor communities, and communities of color. Wisconsin is expected to receive more than $48 million in federal funding for lead pipe replacement in 2022. And NASA has eyes on the sky and a new discovery to share here on Earth, a black hole that's creating a star formation. Sounds like a movie from Lucas, right, Mark? Normally, black holes are known for tearing apart stars and consuming anything that comes too close. However, NASA's Hubble Space Telescope discovered a black hole that fosters rather than suppresses star formations. This phenomenon is happening in the dwarf galaxy Hennessy 210, which is about 30 million light years away. I'm Mark Mayfield. But from right here on Earth, where we're battling some really cold temperatures in real life every day, in the 715 Newsroom, I'm Morgan McCarthy. You're hanging out with Jill in the Midwest Farm Show, and then shortly after 6, Alex Edwards leads us through this Tuesday with the Wax Morning Show and that usual cast of unusuals that somehow I got roped into as well. Right here on Wax 104.5. Hey, we're in it with you. Life every day. (laughs) Thank you, Morgan. You know... I think you all make a good match because, boy, your show sure turns out swell and and you have uh, quite a way about you. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time for markets. markets. First up, we're going to hear from Scott Herman from Equity Sparta. Following him, we'll have Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford. Slaughter cow market was steady today with 20% of the cows 55 to 68 with a top of 70. 60% of the cows sold 40 to 54 and 20% of the cows sold 39 and down. The organic cows were steady strong today with most cows 89 to a dollar. Thin small cows 70 to 80. Slaughter bulls were steady with the high yielding bulls 70 to 86. Canner and utility bulls, 70 and down. Fed cattle were steady today with no test on the beef. Choice overnight beef steers and heifers, 135 to 146 with no test. Select to choice beef steers and heifers, 125 to 135 with no test. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers, 115 to 125 with no test. Your choice overnight Holstein steers, 114 to 118.75. Your choice Holstein steers, a dollar to a dollar eleven. And the standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers, 99 and down. Replacement calves are strong today with the top Holstein bull calves, a dollar to a dollar ninety. Your Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 50. And the beef calves, 150 to 250. Thank you. This has been Scott Herman with your Sparta Equity Market Report for Monday, January 24th. Have a great day. And up next, we've got Jerry Fitzgerald. You tell me it's warm over there. Well, Joe, good morning to you. Well, it's all relative. Uh, yeah, nine below. So, people <laughs> listening that are probably in the double digits. Uh, I guess a word to the wise again. Be careful. Tense uh, when you're marketing your livestock today. So, uh, we'll work through this. And uh, Thursday at 20s, I, my understanding. What's that? I say by Thursday it should be in the 20s. I hope so. Oh, Okay. For a bit, and then it drops back down, but then we're going to get back up into the 20s again. All right, well, let's still win. Uh, Tuesday morning here, uh, Jill, I will do the report here from Stratford. Uh, thank you, and a very good morning. 
Health Summary from a uh, yesterday Monday here at Equities. Yesterday, a steady trend on the cows. Cows yesterday hold from 60 to 70, 71. Cows in yesterday's sales from 44 to 50. Cows, lighter carcass cows. On the bull trade, better quality bulls are selling from 71 up to 83 and a half on yesterday's sale. People below 70. Calf market, a very strong market on bull calves yesterday. And folks, do keep in mind this. Uh, little or no demand on these lighter weight cats, but the good quality, strong 90, 100 to 200, topping at 210. Has very limited demand, though, 20 and below. So very strong. The 300, topping at 345. Here in Stratford this morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, that will be with the hay and straw auction, and we do have hay for you folks today again. And also, uh, a, also we do have a consignment of there's of wheat. O'clock auction today. We sell organic uh, market cows at eleven o'clock today. Also, or conventional market cows, bulls will be at eleven o'clock. Our sale tomorrow does start at ten o'clock for market and goats. Sale tomorrow is. Still, uh, that's all we have for you this morning. Uh, We'll be back here tomorrow morning to give it up activity. So, Jill, you all. Thank you, Jerry. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. We're going to have to get that checked out for you. Oh, is that on your end or my end? I don't know. I can tell oh, well, you in a maybe, little bit uh, when I hear from somebody else. All right. Well, maybe the lines are. All right. Well, we'll have a uh, tomorrow morning. Have a good day. Yep. Thank you. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from. Equity Sparta, or Equity Stratford, excuse me. Up next, we're going to have Michelle from Terrine Livestock. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And up next, oh, up next, hopefully I've got this stuff figured out a little bit. We have Michelle from Terrine Livestock of Thorpe. Is it warm up there? No, good morning, Jill. No, <laughs> sorry. Just start, you know... To get yourself in the right mindset, start thinking about like what you might be planting in your garden. Think positive thoughts, you know, things like that. You know, then you're like thinking warmer weather, get through this, and you know, it's the end of January. Before you know it, March, April, we'll be good. Right. Well, I did make that chicken noodle soup this weekend. Did you? Good for you. And I got ready for my college classes. They started yesterday. There you go. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. You're going to have a full plate then. Sure. <laughs> ah, nothing Nothing more I haven't done before. Right, exactly. Plug right along. <laughs> you bet. All right, so what were the markets looking at at Terrine Livestock? All right, thank you, Jill. Summing up the sale from Monday, January 24th at Terrine Livestock Market in the Slaughter Market. We capped at 85 with a consignment by Susan's of Radisson. 83% of the cows sold from 53 and above. Market cows were 59 to 77, low yielding cows 48 to 58, thin and weak cows 45 and lower. And Holstein steer market choice and prime 102 to 122, selects were 98 and down. For beef type steers and heifers, choice 108 to 126, selects were 103 and lower. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 65 to 75, but these slowly set 63 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull cows, so from 100 
to $210 per head. We tapped at 215 with a consignment by Darren Noel of Fall Creek. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to $25 per head. Beef beef press calves, 80 to 330 per head. In the hog market, butcher hogs were 39 to 53 and a half. No tests on the south. Fours were 18 and down. Our next will be tomorrow, Wednesday, January 26th. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call to market at 715-669-7127. And don't forget to check us out on the web at tnlumthorpe.com. For all the future livestock, your family owned an operating market. Have a great day. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, you too. Stay warm. Oh, I'm I'm going to try on it. I got all snuggle clothes on today. Good thing. <laughs> all right. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Yep. And that was Michelle from Tureen Livestock and an update on her markets. We're going to run right into our country elevator prices. Golden Plump in Arcadia was five sixty one for their corn. Baldwin, Durand, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek were all at five fifty nine for their corn. Baldwin was at thirteen thirty eight for his soybeans. Durand thirteen thirty eight. Mondovi thirteen twenty eight. Elmwood's thirteen thirty eight for soybeans. Fall Creek's at thirteen eighteen for soybeans. Osseo's at five sixty nine for corn. Three twenty eight for soy or thirteen twenty eight for soybeans. Stevens Point is thirteen twenty two for soybeans. Elk Mound is five sixty seven for corn, thirteen thirty three for soybeans. Sparta's at five seventy three and thirteen twenty six. Ellsworth's five forty seven, thirteen eighteen. Doomers and Buck Country's at five sixty four for corn and thirteen twenty five for soybeans. Wheaton Markets, Chippewa Falls location is at five seventy one for corn and thirteen. 37 for soybeans. Connorsville location is at 571 for corn and 1332 for soybeans. At our ethanol plants, Weissville's at $6 a bushel. Stanley's at 587. New Richmond's at 581. And a Board of Trade, Chicago Board of Trade, March Corn Market is at 620, down two cents. Oats is at 637, up five and a quarter. Soybeans are fourteen oh two down six cents. Soybean meal is at three hundred ninety one dollars a ton, down two dollars. Wheat's at eight twenty six, up six and a half cents. And for our dairy products, barrels are at one seventy seven and a half, down three and three quarters. Our forty pound blocks are at one seventy nine and a half, down one and a quarter. Our class gray double A butter is at two eighty four and three quarters, down eight and three quarters. And our class three milk for January is at twenty thirty, up one cents. February is at twenty forty five, down nine cents. March is at twenty one fifty five, down twenty cents. April is down ten cents at twenty one forty three. And May is also down two cents at twenty one ten. And that market is trending downward. And that is what I have for you for the farm news and markets. Remember, bundle up, everybody take care, and let's do one more last look at our weather. Today, our high, we're going to struggle to get to zero, but that's what they think we might have a high of, of no temperature at all. Our low is 20 below, but it's supposed to be sunny. 
tomorrow, high of 15, low of 13 below, mostly cloudy. Thursday, we're supposed to break the trend and get up to 26 for our high with a low of negative, 12, negative 10 with a.m. clouds and p.m. sun. Friday, high of 11, Saturday, high of 22, and into the weekend, our highs are supposed to be jumping into the 20s for January. And that is your Skywarn 13 weather. It is brought to you by Markwart Motors. Markwart Motors has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check on them out at markwartmotors.com. And one last shout out to those teachers out there. I'm feeling your pain because I know you're going to be inside recess again. I was there and those kiddos need extra movement. So good luck for today. Have a good one.